This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. Well, today's Palm Sunday. It's uh, a beautiful day. What a beautiful time of a celebration of water baptism, and I'm just so excited uh, what our young people are, are, are doing and coming to faith at an early age, you know, and it's just so beautiful. Amen? Yeah, I'm so excited. Uh, thank you for all the workers that are downstairs that aren't hearing me say thank you. Uh, as you know, my wife is the kids leader, and she's down there uh, all the time and making sure uh, that the kids are being uh, trained in the ways of the Lord, and that's what we don't do. Um, we don't do entertainment downstairs, so it's not a puppet show or plays or anything like that. Uh, so basically, kind of like a Sunday school, but trying to make it in a way that the kids would would appreciate and learn. And then, of course, we have other. Uh, if you haven't been downstairs and on your way to the fellowship food afterwards, just take a look. We've added a youth room, which we've never had a youth room. Let's give up for the Lord. So I want to make a really cool youth room. So I'm looking for posters from you guys. I'm looking for like DC Talk posters, audio adrenaline posters, uh, Petra posters if you have one, or even like an album, Petra album. So uh, I I think it's pretty cool if we could do that. So we'll see. Uh, But we're really excited. Um, My son Mason helps and uh, with the kids on Wednesdays. And then we have a whole slew of teachers that help them on a Sunday. your, tell your kids, uh, once they hit eighth grade, they got to stay upstairs So, <laughs> so uh, on Sunday morning. So get them prepared. Uh, we want to make sure that they're part of the fellowship. We love kids. We don't mind noise. Uh, we don't invite noise, but we don't mind noise, and we just really appreciate it. And we're going to do our best from the pulpit for those of us who share and teach to help uh, with our young kids who are now teenagers to... Uh, to connect so they're not not fading out on a Sunday morning. All right, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to, let's go to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11, we'll get there in a second, but it's Easter week and Palm Sunday here at Mosaic. It's it's something that all churches are celebrating across the globe. Um, Some people call it Holy Week. And why? Because a long, long time ago, there were people who would make pilgrimages to Jerusalem. Uh, And there was a natural desire, the early believers, to reenact the last scenes of the life of Christ. And so uh, so we call this Holy Week. Uh, There's this old book that recorded, uh, I think way back in the third century, people making the pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Uh, so today's Palm Sunday. Uh, we don't really celebrate Monday Thursday. You know what Monday Thursday is? Raise your hand if you know Monday Thursday. Uh, so th- I'll explain that in a second. Then there's Good Friday, which we will have a Good Friday service at 7 o'clock here. It's going to be a candlelight service. Um, the last song will be candlelight, not the whole time. And so uh, please come. It's a time where we can reflect on the, what Jesus did on the cross. So Friday night at 7 o'clock here. So Monday, Thursday is when Jesus washed the disciples' feet uh, during the Last Supper. If you read the scriptures, you know the story. And that's the night he was betrayed. 
And so Monday means command, and so Jesus gives the new command to love one another as I loved you, and he gives the example by washing feet and uh, the uh, time of breaking bread together. Uh, Good Friday, as we talked about, is the day we mark when Jesus was crucified. And even though we call it Good Friday, don't let the word good confuse you. Suffering is not good. But what Jesus did on the cross was very good. And so that's why uh, we will commemorate and celebrate uh, Friday night what Jesus did on the cross. And, and the reason it's good news, and all of you, I hope, have experienced this. He's taken our sins and he's washed them. It only happened because of what Jesus did on the cross. Uh, Saturday is what they call uh, Holy Saturday. It marks the time that Jesus was in the tomb. And then, of course, Easter Sunday, I like to call it Resurrection Sunday, and we celebrate the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And again, next week we'll be here normal time, but uh, typically people dress up. Uh, I'm wearing a suit next week, all right? I'm getting it tailored so, uh, so I can look really good in the photos for the family. But we will take photos outside these doors, actually outside these doors down in the garden area uh, for families. Uh, it's our gift to you to take a family photo. All right, let's talk, turn to Mark chapter 11. Let's just stand for a moment. Let's just stand in reverence to God's authoritative word. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there. There's no one, the one that no one has ever ridden, untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Tell them, uh, tell them the Lord needs it and it will send it back there shortly. They went and found a colt outside in the street, tied at the doorway, as, and they untied it. Some people standing there asked, what are you doing untying that colt? And they answered as Jesus has told them to, and the people let them go. So when they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. And many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Or other cut palm branches they cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king, uh, coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. Heavenly Father, help us to learn what you're trying to teach us. Lord, help me, help us to not think of who should have been listening to this message. Lord, let's not play that game. Lord, help us to see how the message is talking about myself, you, myself, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We love you in your precious name. Amen. You may be seated. We've, we've promised a long time ago in our church that we read ourselves into the story, but not as the hero of the story, but as the villain. And that's the hard part in our culture. We don't really want to think of it ourselves that way. But try to, as you heard the story, try to picture yourself uh, not as the hero, but as the one that uh, needs a hero. So we know what's going on in the background. There's a big commotion in the city of Jerusalem. Jesus is coming. Uh, it was a big deal. It was significant. And one of the reasons it was significant because many people are visiting Jerusalem at the time. Uh, of course, this is the, really uh, the first time Jesus visits Jerusalem in his public ministry. 
And if I imagine they people have already heard about Jesus and they heard the rumors, uh, the miracles and all those kind of things. And so they are not only in Jerusalem for the Passover, but they're interested in, in this gentleman named Jesus. Who is this guy that's working miracles, raising the dead, uh, giving these radical teachings and then thousands of people are following him. So this brought a lot of curiosity. And so now we are in the holiest of cities, Jerusalem. It's where the great temple is built. And the heart of the Jewish people is right there. And so this is a big deal what's going on. It was, uh, I would call it adrenaline uh, overdrive. Because this is where the Jewish people would uh, come to Jerusalem like a pilgrimage, filling the streets with a lot of religious fervor because the Passover is going to be celebrated. And it's what God did th uh, through Moses in leading the Jewish people out of bondage from Egypt by sending the 10 plagues and, of course, the, uh, uh, the saving of the kids, the, 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 uh, the family, uh, with uh, the angel of death coming over. And there were those who were spared who had the blood over the, the door mantle, and, um, and they were saved. And so this is a big Passover festival, the festivals of festivals. I can only think of something similar would be uh, a Mardi Mardi Gras times 10. It's just huge. Lots of people, lots of people in the city, and, and people are excited. And then now we have Jesus. The disciples know that something is up uh, because Jesus has told them that something is coming up. And so there's this climax of Jesus's ministry. In Luke chapter 9, it says this in verse 51. As the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. And then in Luke uh, chapter 10, uh, later on, and it says, Then Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching as uh, his made his way into Jerusalem. In Luke chapter 18, Jesus took the 12 aside and told them, We are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. He will be handed over to the Gentiles. They will mock him, insult him, spit on him, flog him, and kill him. And on the third day, he will rise again. So they knew, the, the, the disciples, the followers of Jesus knew that was going to happen. It's a big deal. And so Jesus had been moving to Jerusalem his whole life. Uh, he had a single mission. He was born to die. And this was his mission, to go to Jerusalem so that all that was prophesied could be fulfilled. And that is why we're talking about it 2,000 years later. And I don't know if you saw, but when we recognize this, when we read the scriptures, did you catch what happened? They were shouting, Hosanna, which means... God, save us. Hosanna means God, save us. In Jesus' day, it was an expression of praise. It was saying, thank you. You know, like they were super excited that Jesus had come. And they're singing and, and saying, Hosanna, God, save us. Um, if you, maybe today's, they gave him a red carpet entrance. You know, they, they threw down their, their palm branches and they threw down their, their cloaks. It's like the red carpet was brought out for Jesus. They were saying, God, save us. They loved Jesus because they wanted to honor Jesus. They were uh, like what some of you did yesterday, great fans at the, the spring game. They were fans of Jesus. They loved Jesus. 
They loved what Jesus had to give. They wanted miracles. They wanted healings. I mean, who doesn't, right? Uh, they wanted food. They wanted money. They wanted jobs. They wanted health. They wanted uh, love at the right time. They wanted marriage at the appropriate time. They wanted obedient children. They wanted retirement income. They wanted vacation money. In other words, they were out to get something from Jesus. Now, some people want him to go all the way and set up his own kingdom and to throw down the Roman government and get that yoke of occupation off the back of their necks. But look what Jesus does. This is what they wanted, and this is what they were celebrating. Now, Jesus comes back in Mark eleven fifteen On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple area and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of money changers and the, uh, the benches of those selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. And as he taught them, and he said, is it not written, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. The chief priest and the teachers of the law heard this and began looking for a way to kill him, for they feared him. They didn't like what Jesus was doing, which was cleaning the house of God, which should have been cleaned. It should never have gotten to this point, but it had, and Jesus was going to make it right. It was about cleansing the temple. And when Jesus gets to Jerusalem, he goes straight to the temple and he cleans it out because it's important for the temple represent correctly that it was a place where God reside. Now, the temple started as a tent, as you know, and then, or what we call a tabernacle, out in the wilderness in the times of Moses. And then it, it, they built, uh, Solomon built the temple and was reconstructed during the time of Haggai and then, and then expanded by King Herod. Then it was destroyed by the Romans later on after Jesus. But the temple was a place to be re- revered. And during Jesus' day, the temple's where you met God. Human beings would approach with sacrifice and God would respond with forgiveness and answered prayers. So when Jesus gets to the temple, he cleans it up and he clears it out because it needed it. People came to Jerusalem for the Passover feast with these needed animals and for needed requirements and and people were selling these animals uh, that shouldn't have been sold. They were not pure animals and, and you know the story. But Jesus did not like this properly because it, it should never have happened there. It's not okay. It wasn't just people trying to make money off of people's faith. It was, it was what we call uh, crass commercialism. It was the, the distortion of worship. It was the opposite of honoring God. It was the opposite of worshiping God. It was the opposite of revering God. The temple had lost any and all sense of being holy, set apart, and sacred. And if you're smart, you can start piecing the pieces together where you think I'm going with this message. They even used the temple as a shortcut to get through from one part of the city to the other. It had been polluted 
It had been defiled, and it was anything but a place that reflected of God's holiness. Anything but a place of reflective of God. It was a mockery of the temple. It was a, a mockery of God and his holiness. But when we come to God, it means we come to him in holiness and reverence. One of the things that I caught myself saying is I, I, I sometimes I'll, I'll refer to myself or uh, a person is that they're broken. And it's true, uh, we are broken. But brokenness comes from the result of, of sinful rebellion. No, we don't, so I don't call, I'm just gonna pick on you, Eric. I don't call you, I call Eric as a broken person saved by grace. But the reason he's broken is because of our sinful rebellion towards God. And sometimes we kind of whitewash it a little bit. And so brokenness can be whitewashing it a little bit. Uh, but I wanted to make sure that, uh, you know, when we come before God, we come to him in holiness because we're, we were rebelled against God. We were rebellious. I was rebellious to God. That's why I talk about I was saved because I was in the cesspool, a dumpster cesspool of rebelliousness. I was, I was all about myself, and I was a, not a good, good guy, and Jesus saved me. So Jesus comes uh, to earth and he calls people to follow him. And he wants us to lay down our palm branches, palm branches down in front of him. But that meant laying down our life. Our, our palm branches is representative of our life. Lord, I lay down my life. I lay down my life in front of you. Jesus wants us to come in. Uh, he wants to come into our, our whole life, not part of our life. He wants to change you and me. Has there been a change in you? Can someone say, to, is there someone in your family or your group of circles like, man, you've really grown the last year. Can someone say that? Can someone say, man, the, uh, the person I know three years ago to today is not that same person. So that's the question you're gonna have to ask yourself. And as we get to be adults, nobody really talks to us, Right? I mean, this is as close as we get to some sort of you know, challenge. And even then, I know it's still separated. You know, I'm, I'm not going to be in your house telling you, hey, uh, have, have you grown in your life with Jesus? A lot of times our spouses could be a help. But we live in a world where nobody's really challenging us where we've been and where we're going and how we developed in our journey with Jesus. But God came to earth to call men and women to follow him, to lay our lives down in front of him. He wants to come in all the way into our lives. He wants to cleanse us. He wants to revolutionize us. You know, back in the day in the 70s and 80s, we talk about brainwashing. Man, I needed a brainwashing. My brain was polluted. My brain was polluted. And so thank you, Jesus, for scrubbing my brain, and I need a scrubbing every day. You know, some of you have teenage kids, and you work with teenage middle schoolers. And one of the jokes in the family is how sometimes uh, middle schoolers can smell a little bit. And it's like, you know, they're not, they're not mature enough to want to take baths every day or showers every day. And, and sometimes uh, it can be pretty stinky, and especially after PE class, right? Whew, I can almost picture it. But uh, that's because they're living life. 
And all of us are living life, and we all need uh, Jesus to cleanse us um, and to help us. If not, guess what? Uh, we start behaving in stinky ways. We start uh, saying uh, words that we should never have said in a moment of tension. Uh, we start doing things, watching things, seeing things. All those things happen because we haven't really uh, addressed, God, help me, cleanse me, cleanse my mind, my heart, my, my decisions. He wants to revolutionize the way we think from the inside out. He, God wants to be part of every part of us. Like he cleansed the temple, he wants to cleanse us. He wants in our lives. Jesus was saying, if you want to believe me and honor me and celebrate me, and you want something to do with me, then I'm going to start cleaning out your temple. The Bible says that we are the temple of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. So we, Jesus resides in us. That's what we talked with our, our baptism uh, people. Like, hey, does Jesus, have you asked Jesus to live in your life? And they both said yes in our, in our office. And so he wants to not just come in toe only, he wants to completely come in. And he says, I want to go into your inner world. I'm going to dig out the, the roots that are bad, uh, like a deep root canal. I'm going to expose any pseudo-spirituality, weak commitments, compromised values, any game playing with God. God is serious about his followers and he loves us so much he doesn't want to leave us where we're at. And Jesus is real and he wants to come and do some real work in our lives. So there's two lessons I'd like for us to uh, learn and I'm relearning. Um, it's easy, lesson number one, it's easy to celebrate the Jesus that's on the donkey. That's the easy Jesus. And I love what Kim had to say uh, when she came and shared a word. But that's the easy Jesus, when everything is going really good. Um, you know, you like the Jesus and his reputation of he's feeding people. Who doesn't want to be fed? Who doesn't want a full pantry of food? If, you know, if somebody showed up with, you know, gave you a $200 gift card, um, you know, every week. Like, hey, this is awesome. Well, 200 may not buy you much anymore, but yes, but still, you, you know what I mean. The, the Jesus that will uh, heal you, uh, protect you. What happens when you don't get healed and uh, there's not a lot of food in the pantry? Sometimes we just want to follow the Jesus who promises a better life You'll have a better marriage. You'll have a perfect kids. You will have success at work. Here at Mosaic Church, we don't, we don't really preach that. And hopefully we don't do it inadvertently either. You know, the Jesus on the donkey is the, uh, that, and he, and he does do these things. You know, sometimes God does bless us with a, a good marriage and, and good work success and, and good kids. Those are, I would say, blessings of the Lord, but it's not why we follow him. Sometimes too many of us, on the, like the Jesus on the donkey, that savior, he's a friend, he's gonna get me out of hell, he's gonna rescue me. That's when, when I was 18 years old, I raised my hand and said, mm-hmm, yes, that's me. <laughs> Looking back, it's like, 
what I was saying mm-hmm to is I didn't want to go to hell, you know? But what I was not saying mm-hmm to was him redirecting my life. I was saying mm-mm to that. I had a plan, and I had a, a vision for my life, and I was not saying yes to Jesus changing that. It took a, took a three-year dark journey for me to get to that place. So uh, if you're following Jesus so you get the perfect job, if you're coming to Mosaic so you can do like human connections, uh, you know, you might get some, but that's not why we follow Jesus. That's only what I would say half Jesus. The Jesus that uh, you're holding that palm and that uh, symbolically you lay down in front of your uh, Jesus is the one that wants to come in your life all the way. He wants to come and change your heart, your world, your values, your lifestyle. Jesus wants to start cleaning it out. You know, I used to, uh, when I'd go preach at different churches, I, used to, uh, I would wear a suit and tie. And I would only iron the front of my shirt. <laughs> because I know no one's going to see the back of my shirt. And it was all wrinkly. And, and so, but sometimes I would forget and, you know, get all hot. So I, I'll take my coat off. And sure enough, I'm exposing uh, my wrinkly shirt on the back. And sometimes we try to do that with church. You know, we just try to give this facade. But we don't want anybody coming to our house. You know? You know, could I come to your house? And if you guys have uh, Netflix or YouTube, you know, could I, could I come there and all of a sudden just, hey, can I, can I see something on your YouTube channel? And then click to your, your channels of YouTube. Am I going to be surprised? You know, because you know, your history comes up. You know, or uh, if I had to share, a, you know, a subscription online, and all of a sudden I have access to your subscription, am I going to be surprised? Are you going to be embarrassed if I chime in? Those are things that Jesus wants. He's interested in what we're watching. He wants to help us. You know, technology is not a bad thing. Amen. I got a smartphone somewhere around here. I've been learning about technology, um, but we do have to be careful, right? And I'm praying for my middle school parents, praying for you, you know. Uh, it's not easy. I, I, it's not easy, and that's why I pray for you. Uh, we live in a world that's definitely not the same as when I was raising my kids. But Jesus wants all of He wants to know what you're looking on your smartphone, uh, what your thought process is. So even if you don't have a smartphone, you know, your mind, he's interested. He's, he wants your heart, your life, your world, your values. And he, wants to, he wants to clean it. He wants you to become a Christian to make you like Jesus. He wants to take your life and have you become the person he has designed you for and declared for you to be. We talked about, um, you know, uh, we are now royal Priesthood, we sang a song, you know, living up to that, living up to being a royal priesthood, representing who Jesus is. You know, I've shared this story many times. C.S. Lewis talks about 
a lot of us think that Jesus is coming, he's going to be like a, a decorator, you know, he's going to change the, the pillows and maybe the curtains and, and maybe put a new countertop, but that's not what Jesus is, he's not a decorator. He's, he comes in and he demolishes the house and reconstructs it, reconstructs it in a way that brings him the greatest glory and, and makes us a temple that, you know, God wants us to be designed, what he designed it for. So he's not a decorator. He's a reconstructor. He comes and reconstructs our home, our lives. So that's the other half, Jesus. He gets, um, he gets right into your life, and in, you know, he and he removes walls, and he removes, you know, as he's renovating your house and changing it in a way that will bring him the greatest glory. Too many of us, when we said mm-hmm, and hopefully none of you thought that when you're saying yes to the Lord, he was just going to, uh, you know, change the curtains out, you know, make you stop cussing, you know, drink a little less, all those things that I thought, you know, God was going to do. But he wants so much more than that. He wants our heart. Second life lesson, and we'll finish with this. The second life lesson is that Jesus who clears out the temple is... Hard person to welcome. He's the threatening Jesus. He's, I would say, the, the wild Jesus. Not in a sense it's uncontrollable, but wild in your mind. He's the Jesus that confronts. He's the Jesus who's the leader. He's the Jesus who will ask you questions. He'll make demands and calls you to action. Jesus of truth, Jesus of holiness. And so the Jesus that rides in the donkey, people were saying, Hosanna, but they were wanting, they, they knew about the food, the free food, you know, hopefully get the government off our back, the healings, the miracles. But there's another side of Jesus that the, the whole Jesus that talks about our morality, our values, our standards, our justice, you know, living out the, the, uh, the Beatitudes. He wants to talk to us about our sex life. How do we spend money? How we treat our spouses? How we treat people? That Jesus is concerned how we treat people. You know, recently, uh, it seems like yearly, we have people who are homeless on our property and, and uh, we try to accommodate them as best as we can. And, but how we treat them and how we talk to them, or, or do we actually look at them as uh, people who are made in, in God's image or as uh, hobos or, or some other slang term to help us separate ourselves from them? So Jesus asks us these questions, uh, how we treat people, our work ethic. You know, Adam's here and, and he works for a, an inst, uh, organization that has a lot of Christians and, and Adam, I haven't really asked you, but you know, I wonder what some of the work ethic is of our young Christian people. But God's interested in our work ethic. <laughs> I hate saying this part. Uh, he's interested in my weight. You know, like, like I wore this wrong size shirt. It's a little tight. 
and you can see that it's a little tight. It wasn't tight when it was new. I, had, I washed it and Robin put it in the dryer and ruined the whole thing. <laughs> Jesus is concerned about our language, what we say. I know you're not gonna say it here. I'm talking about what you say it in the heat of the moment. How you treat your parents. I think two weeks ago I said, call your grandparents. Let them know that you're thinking of them. (laughs) Honoring your mother is a gift. Honoring your mother's gifts, not something people deserve. It's a gift that God gives you the grace to do. How you treat your children. What do you do with your time? Jesus asks us, the Jesus that's on the donkey is asking us, how do we treat the poor? How do we confront injustice? How do we care for the orphan? How do we help the widow? How how to help those who are in prison? And I'm not just talking about prisons with, you know, behind uh, iron doors. People are in prisons in in, uh, nursing homes. And I mean, we can think of all sorts of places that people are figuratively in prison. What are we doing to feed the hungry? All those things that God's, Jesus is going to ask us. That's why we say come to Jesus as Savior, which I did at 18, and at 21, Lord. Lord, he wants the Lord in our lives. Someone asked Bryce to come on up. Uh, just Bryce, if you can, Bryce. Just, I just, I'm not gonna ask you to bring the uh, palm branches. We've done this in the past. Uh, we asked people to just lay down, but I want you to grab your palm branch, uh, and I've got mine right here. I mean, to me, it would be sacrilegious to break this thing off. You know, I don't want partial Jesus. I don't want just half Jesus. I want the whole Jesus. And Jesus wants the whole us. He wants all of us. As you hold this palm branch, it symbolizes, the Lord, we're going to lay down our whole self to you. Lord, there's, there's an area in my life, and let's just pray right now. Lord, there's areas in my life, Lord, I know that I have to continue to lay down in front of you and say, Lord, I need you in my life. And Lord, you have permission to, to not just rearrange furniture, but Lord, demolish and rebuild. Lord, we want you to not only come in partially into our lives, but fully. Thank you, Father, for this beautiful Palm Sunday morning that you gave us in our time of fellowship afterwards. Lord, we say thank you. Thank you for loving us, even though we might be apprehensive stubborn and letting you all the way in. So Lord, this Palm Sunday today, Lord, I pray God that you would help us. Help me. Lord, help this little palm branch 
cross to be a visual, a visual reminder of the promise I'm making right now, Lord. Have your way in my life. Have your way in my life. Let's go ahead and stand. We're gonna finish our time just singing this song and we're just gonna seal what God is doing in our lives. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurchtlh.com.